Thank you very much indeed. So, just wanted to introduce myself. I've been a local GP for the last 30 years and I've led the Camden CCG for the last six years. And I'm really grateful to be given the invitation to respond to what I think is an excellent and timely report, which will resonate with all CCGs, who, after all, their overarching duty as a statutory body is the commissioning of high-quality, safe, sustainable services for their population within a fixed financial envelope. I think for clinical commissioners, it is this link between reduced spend and the potential impact on quality, safety and outcomes that causes the greatest concern. And that's particularly when you think that for all CCGs, they're operating and they face flat or minimal uplift allocations. The requirements on individual CCGs to support other locally and nationally challenged commissioners and providers and also the challenges that arise from cuts to the local authority, to social care and also to public health funds. And it's against this, and I think it's really applicable to the struggle facing all CCGs, that I think that what this report probably suggests is the following. That within elective care, hospital care seems to be coping well, but it could be argued that this is due to the fact that money identified in the five-year forward view designed to be invested in community services, has actually been used to maintain performance in acute trusts. That for genitourinary medicine, the report shows the tensions between financing preventative health and the other commitments that local authorities have in a financially challenging environment and within very complex commissioning arrangements and accountabilities and suggests that the incidence of sexually transmitted infections is increasing with less effective service provision. To me, it also powerfully demonstrates the vulnerability of longer-term investments into prevention and the wider determinants of health in a financially challenged environment. And finally, the five-year forward view set out a vision and plan to transfer care for the appropriate populations from hospital to community but this report, which focuses particularly on district nursing as a barometer for the resilience of the community, suggests that it's failing because much of the money that was earmarked has instead been used to support acute trusts. And this is happening despite the significant shift of work. And it's not just the quantity of work that's shifted, it's also the acuity of the kind of work that has shifted into the community. And I think that needs to be considered against the quite eye-watering amount of further shift that most STPs identify with very little investment in terms of the shift to community care. So in Camden, where I come from, unlike many other CCGs, we've been well-resourced until now. And we've been able to take the opportunity to develop new integrated services as proof of concept. And those examples have included things such as the complex and frail elderly services, which uses a care planning multidisciplinary approach and has significantly reduced hospital admissions and bed days. A diabetes community service that's improved identification and management of people with diabetes and provided them with support to self-manage with measurable improvements <coughs> in patient reported outcome measures and reduced hospital usage. <coughs> and a service which we call Mind the Gap, which is a longer-term investment into a transition service for 16 to 25-year-olds, which aims to break the link 
of poor lifetime health outcomes associated with early mental health problems through a preventative and planned approach. In each case, better care planning, less reliance on emergency care, less <laughs> duplication and fragmentation, integration of health and mental health services and health and social care, and better use of community and individual resilience, supported by an integrated clinical record across health and social care, have all improved patient experience and reduced costs. This is not the kinds of salami slicing which I heard Claire describe. Critical to redesigning services is understanding the needs of different segments of the population and planning and designing services appropriately to drive what we term value, outcomes per pound spent. We've also recognised the need to find different ways to measure and standardise what has previously been less visible community performance and to ensure that those being treated in the community, who are often the most vulnerable and least articulate consumers with limited political voice, are heard. We've published data in the New England Journal of Medicine and Catalyst to show that this approach can improve outcomes and reduce costs across a whole system, moving the CCG in Camden to an upper decile performance against peers. But it requires significant investment, and that investment as Ruth pointed out, it's not just money, it's particularly the workforce and the people, which no CCGs now have. And it needs to be investment into under-resourced parts of the health and social care system to achieve it. Without additional resource, it will not be possible to upscale this type of work at pace. In summary, I think the report is a stark reminder of the current challenges and the link between reduced financial resource and the impact on patient care, and one which will strongly resonate with the challenges facing CCGs. We can stay with the status quo, continue to invest in acute performance for now, but recognise that the cost will eventually mean that we must arbitrarily stop doing or limit services as described, or allow patient outcomes to deteriorate, or both. Or, I believe we can take an approach driven by population health data, moving to improve outcomes and reduce costs through delivery of more effective and efficient services in the right setting, redesigning services around the needs of specific population segments, but only if the investment required is targeted to this urgently before irreparable damage is done to community services, including general practice, leading to loss of confidence and credibility by patients and professionals in the provision of out-of-hospital care. Thank you.